0: we are uh, really demonstrating the truth of God. So our text is found in Luke 24, verse 47. You probably can't even find your Bible, let alone see the page that I've given you. Again, nothing we can do about it. I wasn't expecting this, but let me read it to you. I'm sure you're very familiar with the story. In fact, it's there on the screen. It's concerning Jesus on the Emmaus Road. Now, if you'll remember, this is after the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, since it's after the resurrection, there were two, Cephas and another brother, that were walking on the road to Emmaus. And they were very upset because last they heard, Jesus was dead. And this one stranger, this man, comes walking with them and he sees them visibly upset. And he says, Well, what's troubling you, men? What's What's the problem? And they said, have you not heard? Are you serious? You've not heard that Jesus, the one who is Messiah, has been crucified? And uh, this is what we want to pick up on in Luke 24, 27. And it says about this about Jesus. And beginning with Moses, that would be the first five books of the Bible. Remember, Moses wrote Genesis, right? Uh, uh, Through the first five books. And beginning with Moses and all the prophets... He interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. That's an important word, interpreted. Now I have to be careful to say it correctly. Interpreted. And what does it mean to interpret or interpret? It means to put in order, to uh, assess. In fact, we get from the Greek word. um, You're going to have to help me out here for some reason. It's not changing Thank you. we get the word hermeneutics from this Greek word interpret. when Jesus was interpreting we uh, he was expounding and properly uh, developing and bringing out of the scriptures the revelation of Christ himself and so it's important to properly interpret this book. it's an amazing book. It's an awesome book. How many of you know that? Many people have tried to destroy it. Many cultures and civilizations have tried to trample it out. But for 2,000 years, it is not able to be extinguished. And so we see this amazing story of Jesus interpreting Scripture. We need the help of the Lord to properly interpret Scripture. Would you agree with me? And so they couldn't see it until Christ himself was able to bring it alive to them and so that's why we need hermeneutics hermeneutics is the science or the theology uh, the art of interpreting scripture how many of you have ever watched tv or heard someone on the radio misinterpret scripture right doesn't it kind of grind you get you they they just don't see it they don't get it And it's important for us, all of us, to know how to read the Bible and understand what it says. So I want to teach you how to rightfully interpret Scripture. We need to interpret. And uh, let me give you a classic illustration of why we need to properly interpret, uh, interpret Scripture. This is a joke at my house, so I might as well get it out there. I always say interpret. And my family says there's an R in the word, interpret. That's like foreign to me. So if I slip back into interpret, just chuckle and move on with me. All right? Let me play a clip for you uh, from someone in a very high office where we would see we need to really properly interpret Scripture. Sound? Sound. Yeah. Let's read our Bibles now. Mr. President, would you please read your Bibles now. There's a a classic example of poor interpretation of Scripture. Not understanding the Old Testament law to the New Testament law, its purpose and its function, but in fact using it. Now, the sad part is this this speech was given in a church. And you heard the people laughing and applauding and so forth. Uh, The church is in a mess this country is in a mess and you would say what does it matter to properly or rightfully divide the word of god or properly interpret the word of god there's a classic example where it is being actually mocked for public policy and mocked for the the use as a nation and uh, that is a shame because properly interpreting Scripture would give us a righteous and holy nation and would probably solve most of the problems in this nation. Amen? So we need to properly interpret Scripture. Now, let's go to our outline. Here's the reason why we need to interpret Scripture. Number one, we need help in understanding how to rightfully divide it because. God is infinite, and we're finite. This book is describing, through people's lives and experiences, a transcendent and holy God, which we are not. We are finite, and our minds are very limited. And so we need help, because within this Bible are the mysteries of life itself, which we are somewhat dim on. Would you agree? And we need the illumination of God. So we really need to know how to interpret this properly. Secondly, we are sinful. Our minds are darkened to the truth. And so we need the help of God and His Holy Spirit to properly interpret Scriptures. We need all the help we can get. Would you agree with that? How many of you remember before you were saved trying to read this book and it made no sense to you at all? to someone who does not understand God or his uh, purposes through man's history, picks up Genesis, Leviticus, Exodus, and it doesn't make a bit of sense. Why shellfish, as the president said, is, is an abomination to God. What's the problem with little shrimpies? I don't get it, right? This stuff can throw you all off. Well, we need to begin to understand who God is. Thirdly, we need to begin to understand that this book was written in different cultures over different time periods. Forty men shared writing the Bible over a 1,500-year period from different lands and different co- countries and different cultures, writing in different languages, 66 different books coming together, yet having a thread of harmony all the way through that Jesus interpreted, interpreted for these two disciples. Do you remember this? Right? And so Christ was able to bring that thread and continuity through all of it, though it was hidden to the normal eye. And so Christ had to interpret it for us, and His Spirit does that for us as well. It's an amazing book. So when you read this book, whether you're reading Daniel and understanding what was written in Aramaic, or if you're reading uh, Isaiah, understanding Hebrew and the culture at that time, or Moses at the time of the Exodus, or Paul in the Roman government, uh, you really got to begin to take in the culture and you need to begin to understand some of the idioms. It's written in different languages, word mediums, idioms, and symbols. I like what C.S. Lewis said about symbols. Symbols are the natural speech of the soul, a language older and more universal than words. How many of you know that words are simply symbols? Right? We call this a clicker. Right? A hundred years ago, no one would have understood clicker. You use your clicker when you change your TV channel. Some call it a remote right? Language changes, right? 150 years ago, if you say, pass me the remote, they don't understand what you're saying. There's words and language in the scripture that is written. We don't understand according to the culture and the idiom and the time. And so it takes work. It takes effort to understand it. At first glance, it looks foolish and it looks completely idiotic in some cases. And that's because they are not spiritually discerning and they're also ignorant of the depth of symbolism involved here. So what C.S. Lewis is saying is not only are there the symbols of words, but I mean, come on, what words symbolically represent the four living creatures in heaven? All John could do was relate them to things and symbols he knew. So when he says the voice of Jesus was like the thunder of many waters, I don't think Jesus was gargling. But all he could do symbolically to represent something so spiritual, he had to reference what he knew. And so we see this throughout Scripture, but there's a dimension to it that is well beyond even human words. God not only speaks with words, but I want to tell you, He goes beyond the symbolic reference of words into the symbols that are universal for all mankind. You have dreams because pictures are symbols of what God is saying and doing in your lives. You hear music. You hear sounds. All of these things are symbolic. In fact, all of creation, if you will, represents God in some way. But if you're blind to it all, it means nothing. Have you ever been in the company of someone who speaks a foreign language? You first wonder if they're talking about you. Right? Especially if they're laughing and giggling. And then if they go like this and point to you and laugh. Then you know you're the object of their conversation. But if, if you've ever been in, in a place where people are speaking another language and you can't understand it, you, you are completely out of it. And there's a world out here that has no idea how to understand this book. And they need someone to interpret it for them and help them find their way. And you, as the church, must as well know how to open this book and find your way through it. There's so much there. But what's actually happening is is that it is spiritually discerned. And this is the other key point. I want to read to you that, first of all, the Holy Spirit wrote this book. That's why these 66 books have continuity and a theme that runs through them, though it was written from 40-some authors over 1,500 years and in different lands and countries because there is one Spirit that was guiding and directing them. It says in 2 Timothy 3.16, all Scripture is God-breathed. It's breathed out by God and it is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness that the man of God may be completely equipped for every good work. Now, this is a training manual, a correcting manual, teaching you in righteousness and the revelation of God. For whom? The The man of God. That includes you too, ladies. This is written to the believer because it is written by the Holy Spirit, and only those who understand the revelation of the Holy Spirit can get the depth of this book because it is God-breathed. Now, 2 Peter 2.20 says this, Knowing this, first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. What he's saying is, this wasn't invented by men. Though God used the Prophets and mankind to utter the words of his revelation, they did not invent it. They were superintended or carried along by the Holy Spirit to bring forth the revelation of Jesus. He says, No men interpreted these, and so the same thing happens. We can try to interpret them the best we can. But it is only through the revelation of the Holy Spirit will we get the proper interpretation. So it is not a surprise when people who claim to be Christians give you poor interpretations of Scripture because they are not leaning upon the full counsel of the Word of God. Scripture interprets Scripture, and the revelation of the Holy Spirit brings it to bear. You might say, well, why do we have so many denominations? Why do we have so much confusion? We we really don't have that much confusion. We have a lot of people who are not properly or even trying hard enough to interpret Scripture. I can tell you this much, that when persecution comes, the interpretations stop dividing and we pull together. Because right now, with such freedom, we can play with it. Let me read to you, and I'd like you to turn there, and if it's too dark to see, 1 Corinthians 2.10, read it tonight. I want you to see what Paul says about interpreting Scripture. I'm going to read from the NIV. I like this translation of this passage better. 1 Corinthians 2.10. These are the things God has revealed to us by His Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thought except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. This is a book that are the what? Thoughts of God. No man knows the thoughts of God. These thoughts of God were brought to us, superintended, carried to us by the Spirit of God who knows the mind of the Father. You you, you with me so far? All right. What we have received is not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who's from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the spirit, explaining spiritual realities with spirit-taught words. There seems to be one word that keeps popping up in these sentences. Does anybody catch it? It's the Spirit. Spirit words taught by Spirit uh, realities explained to us by the Spirit. The person, catch this, verse 14. The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned Only through the Spirit. The person with the Spirit makes judgments about all things, but such a person is not subject to merely human judgments. For who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct Him? But we have the mind of Christ. So, those who do not possess the Holy Spirit, or the Holy Spirit does not possess them, they consider this book what? foolishness they read it they don't see the dimension the spiritual dimension to it they do not have the spiritual the spiritual fortitude to hear what the spirit is telling through the stories and they only see it on the surface and they don't understand it let me give you a classic example i think the president was a good one but here's a better one a classic example of someone who reading the bible says it's foolishness now this is a pen uh, from the uh, Penn and Teller magical team. Listen to what he says.
1: And I read the Bible cover to cover. And I think that anyone who is thinking about maybe being an atheist, uh, if you read the Bible or the Quran or the Torah uh, cover to cover, I believe you will emerge from that as an atheist. Uh, I mean, you can read The God Delusion by Richard Dawkins. You Lots uh, not great by Hitchens, but the Bible itself will turn away from this faster than anything because because uh, what we get told about the Bible is, uh, is a lot of pick and When you see um, you know Lot's daughter uh, gang raped and beaten, and, and, and the Lord being okay with that, when you actually read about uh, Abraham being willing to kill his son. Uh, when you actually read that, when you read the insanity of the talking snake, when you read the uh, hostility towards uh, homosexuals, towards women, the, uh, the celebration of slavery, when you read the context that "thou shalt not kill" means only in their own tribe—I mean, there's no hint that it means humanity in general. That there's no sense of a uh, of a shared humanity It's all tribal. When you see a God that is uh, jealous and insecure, uh, when you see that there's contradictions that show that it's clearly uh, written hundreds of years after the supposed fact and full of contradictions, I think that anybody, you know, it's, it's like reading the Constitution of the United States of America. It's, been, it's in English, you know. You don't need someone to hold your hand. Just pick it up and read it. Just read what the First Amendment says and then read what the Bible says. Going back to the source material is always the best. When someone's trying to interpret something for you, they always... Uh, so I read the Bible.
0: He read the Bible. So. But you, you must understand, so many folks do read the Bible. and And we're wondering, why don't you get it? Why don't you see it? How come you saw it? How come you understood it? It's because the Spirit of the Lord, all right? To those who are unregenerate, it's foolishness. And so um, they don't get it. They see talking snakes, and and they see God say, I'm a jealous God, and they don't get it. And they misinterpret that, and they, they, they miss these things. But do not be surprised by that. Because, again, it is spiritually discerned. And what you need to understand is you've been given a privilege and something glorious by the indwelling Holy Spirit for you to be able to properly interpret Scripture. Therefore, then, you can help those who are blind and do not see. Begin to share with them what the Bible really says and what it really means. It is essential that the church Would use preaching or teaching to draw the lost in. But if we say nothing while the rest of the world that reads the Bible is confused and we don't help them, then we're not doing our job. Would you agree with that? All right, so uh, you can tell that we need to properly render and interpret Scripture because God is infinite, we're finite. We are sinful and darkened from the truth. There are different cultures and time periods and languages and idioms it was written in, and it is spiritually discerned, but we have the aid of the Holy Spirit within us. And that is enough if you will allow Him to do His work in your life. Turn with me to 2 Timothy 2.15. In 2 Timothy 2.15, it says this, Now, some of you remember the King James, right? Study to show yourself approved, right? A workman, not ashamed, right? Um, Unfortunately, um, the word study is not in the original Greek. Uh, Study to show yourself approved. Now, we understand that word study, and and how many of you have ever studied? Anybody here study, right? Study means you, you get to it and and you read this word and, and you get your concordance and you get your vines and you, and you get your uh, uh, study notes and your commentaries. And that's essential. That's good. I'm going to show you how to do all that. We're going to do that through the next number of weeks and, and break up into groups and use our concordances and our, our lexicons and so forth. That's great. But that's not what the verse says. Actually, if you want to learn Scripture, you do what Second Timothy says. It says this. Present yourself to God. That's a little bit different, isn't it, than study. What's the difference between presenting yourself to God and studying? What would be the difference there? I heard everything you all said. Studying is your effort to understand Scripture. And we need to do that. We need to put that there. But it's not enough. You're best studying. Do you know that there are theologians who are unsaved people? Do you know that people have careers? There are people who study this word and study the Bible and study everything about it and have never been born again? Because they've never presented themselves to God. So if you want to properly render and understand and interpret Scripture properly, you must first present yourself to God. Open your heart and mind. And then do the workmanship. Right? Let's read the rest of it. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, now here's the word, a worker. Work at this thing. But first you present yourself to God, and then you give it all you've got. Do you see the difference? Present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. Rightly handling it. There is an expectation in this verse by Paul that says there is a right handling of the Bible. Correct? Now, you need to use logic when you read scriptures, get the tone, get the sense, and I'm going to help you understand how to break down a verse and and really think about it, meditate about it. But he said that if we work at it, we can rightly, right, we can rightly handle the word of truth. So the expectation is that the people of God should rightly handle this book. What is rightly handle? Put it in your right hand? No, it means properly render its truths. We as a people should be rightly able to discern what God is saying in this book and put it into practice. Not ashamed. We're not ashamed of this book. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's the power of God unto salvation. Amen? Amen. And so we are. Presenting ourselves to God. So any time you're ready to study your word, ready to read the word of God, you first present yourself to the Lord and say, Lord, teach me. Open my eyes. Open my ears. Give me the mind of Christ. What is the mind of Christ? The mind of a son who hears his father and listens. Give me the mind of a son to know your voice, to hear you and to obey you. I present myself to you and then you get to work. You look at it. You read it. You mull it over. You wrestle with it. You discern it. You study it. There are three rules that Paul puts right within this verse. And uh, I have them written. We've got all sorts of technical glitches. Maybe you could help me, Chuck. Oh, yeah, it's on your outline. Number one. What he says is that you're to do your best to present yourself, so everyone here is responsible to read the Word of God. You must read it yourself. Now some of you, the only Bible you got this week, between Sunday and tonight, was me preaching or the radio preacher. That is not Bible study. It's good. You're growing. You're learning. It's good to have teachers, but there is something greatly different between you presenting yourself to God and opening up the Scriptures and letting Him speak to you. Every believer is responsible to read the Word of God. If we don't read the Word of God, we will fail in our walk. It is that simple. It's that simple. Right? You can watch the cooking channel, but at some point you've got to cook a meal. Am I right? All right. You must read it yourself. Secondly, you must rightly learn its meaning. Now, how many of you remember, there's a story in the book of Acts about a group of people called Bereans because they lived in Berea, okay? This city of Berea, Paul came to them preaching and interpreting Christ's through the Old Testament, just as Jesus did on the road to Emmaus. And Paul presents Christ and interprets him through the Scriptures, and the Bereans listen. Hmm, this is interesting. And it says that when they went home, they searched the Scriptures to see if Paul was correct. They, for themselves, had to understand. Paul commended them. And now we get the term Bereans for people who study on their own. Every believer should be reading the Bible for themselves and you must properly interpret Scripture. There is so much stuff out there that's goofy and crazy. When I preach a message to you, you need to go home and check up on it. See if it's right. See if it's following the Scripture the way I said it was. You check up on it. So Plus you also digest it When you do that, the reason I give you outlines, brothers and sisters, is not so you follow me here while you're with me, but so that you take it home and review it and look up the scriptures on your own so it goes deeper into your heart and soul. So, Paul tells us, That we are to present ourselves to God when approved. a worker is no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. In three things he says, therefore you must read the word of God. You must rightly divide it and understand it. And then thirdly, you must personally respond to it. This is where the church has been failing in the United States miserably. The Western church has studied their brains out. We've got so much tapes and CDs and teaching and satellite TV and and we can watch a preacher 24-7, listen to him on every airwave. And there are people I know that can quote Bible scriptures while they're high, while they're drunk, while they're carousing. They can give you a sermon while they're doing all sorts of stuff that don't line up with what they're preaching. We've got a group of Christians who know the Word but don't Apply it. Tell me what good is that? A workman not ashamed. A workman that's ashamed is one who shows up for work and doesn't do a thing and is called out. So, this is why we must properly interpret Scripture. I close with this. We started with the story about Jesus on the road to Emmaus. And as he is interpreting the message of Messiah from Moses to the prophets, telling them all about the death of Messiah and what should happen, it says then in verse 30 that they went and invited him in at night when it was time to rest. And as they went in, It says in verse 30 of Luke 24, When he was at the table with them, he took the bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened and they recognized him. This is what happens when you read your Bible. You come face to face with Jesus who breaks open the bread of life, the Word of life, the Word of God, the Scriptures. He breaks it open and then He blesses it and then He does what? Gives it to you. That's what happens when we study the Word of God. I want to teach you how to study the Word of God. I want to teach you beyond just the mechanics, beyond the science of hermeneutics, I want to teach you how to present yourself to God. And in the process of that, you will take the bread of life that Jesus gives you and this book will begin to open up the spiritual revelations of who God is. I want to teach you that so that you can teach others. And that's what we're going to do on Wednesday nights for a while now. Let's close in prayer.